I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Kickdown Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. I am the decidedly not high Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. You'll never know. <laughs> You'll never know one way or the other. Coming to you live and direct from one of the new cannabis capitals of the world, Toronto, Ontario. This is episode 133. Yes. And everyone's high. Every- everyone is high. Listen, we'll t- We'll get into that more in a minute. If you're high right now and just sitting out on the couch and want something to pass the time while you shove Doritos in your face, we or have like... not the time, because you'll never know where time truly is, because it'll seem like minutes, but actually it's hours. <gasps> if you need something to fill that space, head on over to SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. That's where you can find all of our other episodes. It's where they live. Yeah, they just hang out there. And they can just you can just start at episode one and just let it play and just lie there. Yeah. They'll just play one after the other. Yeah. You'll be like, who are these wonderful people just hanging out with me for days? This is your life. Now. As I lie here on the couch, it is your life. It's all of our lives. This is the nightmare we're all living in right now. <laughs> but we're here to do it together. And that's the most important part. If you'd like to make sure you get new episodes for when you're high in the future, so you never have to be without an episode while you're high. That would be terrible. You can hit the follow button on SoundCloud. That'll give you a notification. Or you can hit subscribe. Takes you to Apple Podcasts. Doesn't have to be Apple Podcasts. No. Listen, we get it. You're high. You just want this shit done for you. Yeah, and, you, and you're probably, let's face it, you're probably an Android user. And you cannot be relied upon to go and get these episodes every week. No. You need them brought to you because you're high. Absolutely. So thankfully, similar to the postman bringing you government-sanctioned weed every week, your man's... Chauncey Festival the third. He's going to come through, and he is going to bring you new episodes of the Geek Down Podcast directly into your ear hole. Uh, he's the Geek Down Internet Elf. He owns a beautiful unicorn steed named Philip. <laughs> yes. And he always rides responsibly. Always. Always. Chauncey, it's not a joke. Never high when he rides. Never, because it is dangerous and it can hurt others who are also flying about the skies delivering podcasts. It endangers him. It endangers Philip. It endangers other unicorn pegasi and other internet elves. Just he doesn't want to take that risk, and you shouldn't want to either. Be like Chauncey. Be responsible. Be responsible. Now that that's done with. So yeah, if you don't read the news and you're an international listener, uh, the, it finally happened after months of teasing and speculation and public policy discussions and years, really years, really years. Well, it went medicinal how long ago? Like a better part of a decade? Yeah, and then, but they've always kind of been sort of bubbling, and then we never thought it was going to happen, and then there was more and more discussion about it, and finally, because they really wanted the young vote, the young high vote. And the government was like, let's just fucking tax the shit out of it. Yeah, and and then we don't have to arrest people for smoking weed. Let's just legalize it. So, weed is legal. However... I need to talk about this one thing. Okay. Just because weed is legal does not mean you can just do it anywhere. Uh, tell that to Toronto. 
Um, it's very much like drinking. Like if you, if you, okay, this is, so we've been having the discussions. I work at a college and we've been having these discussions. So someone was like, well, it's legal. Can people just come to school high? And I was like, no, if you can't come to school, school drunk, you can't go to school high. If you can't go to work drunk, you can't go to uh, work high. Unless again, it's medically sanctioned and get the okay from work and you let them know you can't just show up though high and expect not to be reprimanded fired asked to leave it's the same thing you can't drive drunk you can't drive high trust me you cannot drive high i know you think you can drive high but you cannot drive high um and everyone's just like i'm gonna do it anywhere no that is not what that means as far as you know safely partaking the general rule of thumb, at least this first weekend, has been, you know, kind of just wherever you could smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Um, which means every city sidewalk. Yeah. Um, so, as established last week, uh, it was my birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. We Happy this. birthday, Jordan! Yeah, man, man. Woo! <laughs> Give me an air horn today, why not? Didn't really have any plans, but had, uh, had made plans with Leah the Brazilian to go for dim sum uh, down in Chinatown in Toronto on Spadina. And, like... As we were walking, like every half a block, you just smelled weed. Yeah. <laughs> just everywhere. What was funny was Leah, like out of force of habit, like held her cigarette out after we ate. Right. And I haven't smoked in like, you know, four four months at this point. Good for you. Um, but I was like, eh, whatever. And I took, oh, took a drag off of it. But like, it was a nightmare. Like right. the, <laughs> I took a drag and it was like pain immediately like couldn't breathe and i just went like and like handed it back to her and lee was dying because some like biddy that we walked by like looked at us <laughs> thinking that like we were smoking weed on the sidewalk and she's like she looked at me and, like like tried to look at my hand and like what i was holding what you were passing back it's like nope just cigarette dummy um but yeah it's like they they wilding out there it you know I said to someone, it's like a wee blanche every night now. Um, but no, it, people are going to go crazy for a bit and then everyone's going to settle down. And the thing is, I mean, okay, so fun fact. Uh, one person at this table has never smoked weed before mm-hmm. in his life. Yep. <laughs> Wait, way to give it away. <laughs> it's me. Um, and the joke I've made to like Mr. Malash and my other, you know, goody goody friends from when we were teenagers is like mm-hmm. now it's legal we're in our 40s are we gonna do it now or, <laughs> <laughs> we gonna order some weed <laughs> he's like do you want to? i'm like not really i don't care yeah um <laughs> we just you know i've seen that on facebook as well in other places a few you know, old people old folk old farts who have never done it just being like hello government may i have one <laughs> marijuana please because <laughs> uh, apparently if you're wondering international listeners there's just a website it's like Silk Road brought to you by the Liberal Government of Canada. You just yeah. go on a website, order it. Guy I work with had already made an order. Right. And he was like, they were upselling me. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, do you need papers? <laughs> do you need a pipe? Would you like a grinder? <laughs> this is amazing. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Um, that said, that was the one conversation I had with somebody about whether or not they were going to hit up the website. The other person I hit up was my mother. Oh, who uh, has suffered from chronic pain throughout her life, fibromyalgia, what have you. And years ago, her doctor basically said, I don't have a reason to prescribe it for you, but if you can get it, yeah. weed will probably help. Right. And she did find some for a while, but my mother's in her 60s. Mm-hmm. 
don't exactly run in those circles. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. hard to, hello, fellow teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> hello, fellow teens. Do you know where I can procure a single marijuana cigarette? <laughs> I have money in hand. And it's so weird because I know people who are older who they've offered it to me. <laughs> They're the ones I'd go to if I needed it. The only time I've ever thought about like, ah, fuck it, let's get high is with my mom. I was like home on Christmas. So I'm right. like, I'm going to get high for the first time with my mom. Because um, I have friends who like treat this like my virginity. Like, <laughs> there People are vying to be the first person I get high with. I'm like, why do you think this will be that exciting? It's, it won't be. I mean. Especially if it's the first time because from everything I've heard, the first time you just go, this did nothing. Oh, and you cough a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, I would say, honestly, for anyone who would like to try... <laughs> Don't smoke it. <laughs> Here comes the expert, y'all. <laughs> Don't. Well, I, I mean, I actually haven't done it in ages and ages and ages. I haven't done it, I think, maybe since my 20s. Really? That was like years ago at this point. Oh, God, it was years ago. <laughs> um, I just, it's not something, I don't drink. I don't, I don't get high. Like, I, it just is not part of my personal makeup. Do I binge watch Vine videos on YouTube? I do. Fuck yeah, we do. I do. And I, you know, stuff my face with all kinds of gross food. <laughs> Process our fears through food. But. Yeah. but the other stuff, um, though I am really liking scratch cards lately, and I'm worried about oh that. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. But not not like crazy amounts. Grandma like... needs her scratchers. <laughs> do you not do them at bad. the convenience store counter? Just in case you win right there so you can hand oh, it back? Oh no. my god. I got I got one for Christmas and I won and I was like oh this is fun and this it was is like great. A, I just got money for nothing it was just like a crossword one so I like like maybe every third month I'll like I'll be like oh yeah I'll get one because it's like a grown up thing that you do and I'll like do one and I'll win a little bit of money and I'll be like oh that was fun I have too many. I had too many years logged as a uh, you know gas station clerk in my hometown during my 20s. Yeah. And seeing like just poor people come in and drop like $60 on lottery shit. And I'm like, you need a new jacket. I'm looking at your jacket. <laughs> it is filthy and has tears. And you just spent, you know, give me a four quick picks on Ontario. Yeah. With the encore. That that was like East York. East York was basically Amherstburg, but like in in the <laughs> you city. You took Amherstburg and dropped it to the right of Toronto. Yeah. That would be short where I grew up. Um, but so I'll only ever buy like one. <laughs> and and they're like, oh, and I always get caught off guard because they're like, oh, here. And they give it to you to pick. Right. Because people have Hold like. Hold the tray out. People got to pick the one they want. And I was, I'm always like, oh, oh, well, just like whatever. I don't, I don't think I'm going to win anything. I just think they're fun. Anyways. Um, so those are like my vices. And it's really not that many. However, um, if you are going to try marijuana. My advice would be don't smoke it because it is bad for your lungs. You're inhaling smoke into your lungs and it's not ever good no matter what. No matter how natural it is, <laughs> it's never good. Um, I would say try edibles. But be very fucking careful because you should try start, like – Start light. You should try like – first of all, it will take you like an hour and a half to feel anything. So don't like – Eat some and after 15 minutes be like, oh, I didn't feel anything. I'm going to eat the rest of it because you were going to trip balls. Just eat like a little bit and then give it like an hour and a half and then see how you're feeling and then eat a little bit more. Also, there's so many different types of weed out there. There's like stuff specifically for pain management. There's stuff specifically to get you high. Um, and you can do a ton of research on that stuff. And because it's legal, they won't care anymore. Woo! 
So, yeah. What would you like? Would you like the purple Kush? Yeah. Would Thanks, you like Trudeau. Pineapple Express. Um, yeah. So, anyways, those are, and 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 I know there's like this. So the, we've been making a lot of jokes about how um, the Americans now at the border are gonna <laughs> like if you ever say you've smoked weed, they're gonna arrest you. Oh, yeah. If like, so just if you're cro- Canadian crossing the border. Be careful. That's the lie. You've never smoked it. You no. have none. You've never smoked it. You never will smoke it. You yeah. love Jesus. MAGA. It's everything you need to cross the border right now. And uh, uh, it seems scary to the rest of the world, but that's where we live right now. I always had this like reputation growing up because I was like... Bor- cool. Not cool. What? You listen to hip hop. Oh, my God. Or cool clothing. Um, cool. When? When have I ever... Um, but like because I was like borderline straight edge, I don't think my issue was ever with substances per se. Mm-hmm. Just everyone I knew who did them were idiots. Like, sorry, y'all, you were. It's something I've heard on another podcast lately, and it, it doesn't apply just to drugs. But it's like, don't let something become your entire personality. Right. Like, well, it's like anything. The Big Lebowski is a good movie. Yeah. You don't need to go to Lebowski conventions and like have Lebowski uh, bowling nights and. Let's be let's be honest here. We're all into fandoms. Fan fandoms, yes, but it's like I love perfume. I wouldn't say it's my entire personality. No, you've got like a you whole open bunch that of them. you open that box. It's going to happen. <laughs> but like, it's when like I would like hang out with friends who smoked, and like the joint would get passed, and I have other friends who were like, "No, he doesn't do that." I'm like, I don't. Okay, I can say, a I can say no for myself, and b I don't have a problem with weed. I have a problem with like people who hang canadian flags with a pot leaf instead of a maple leaf in their house right i have people who still wear ponchos past like 23 like so i i grew up in a household that there was a lot of alcohol consumption it's like a scottish Mm. you know white thing (laughs) uh lower middle class white thing um and uh, there's a lot of people who are like they make jokes about like wine weekend and i'm gonna go home and drink an entire bottle of wine and i don't think it's funny did did anyone ever say it's a wine o'clock oh yeah (laughs) Constantly. Um, or not not in my family, but, like, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm in, like, a very, like, middle class, like, working environment. Mm. It's it's like, it's wine o'clock. And Five o'clock somewhere. I'm going to have a beverage when I get... And I'm just like, I don't like it. Um, and I've been called on it a couple times. Like, and I just... I don't drink. It's not something I do. Um, it's not how I have fun. Again, described... Basically, being in my pajamas all day and watching television—that is my fun. Um, but yeah, so if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything, do it responsibly and leave other people alone if they don't want to do it. And don't make it your whole personality. No, like, like if you're treating this week as like a national fucking holiday, and yeah. like you went down to like Queens Park, and if you've ever been to a smoking in your life, if you've gone to 420 events. Well, you can go to 420 events, but also go to anime conventions. Like, you know, mix it up a little. Mix it up a little bit. Have a Venn diagram of interests. (laughs) So, yes. uh, Was my birthday this week, which means I've actually been having social outings, which is always so rare. I'm surprised you're not just like, don't ever talk to me again. Because you've talked to a lot of people this week. And, I mean, like, Kate and I are going out for dinner after this. So, I mean, like, whew. That's a lot. She's, She's like, I was out yesterday. I was out. Thursday morning, I was out Friday night. Oh my god. How? It's ridiculous. You know what it is? What? So they gave Spider Man back. Right. I don't have Spider Man <laughs> to play anymore. So you're like, I guess. It's like until I get hooked again on uh, running my criminal empire. 
going downtown is as close I can as close as I can get to Spider Man. So just walking around looking at the at the orange orange leaf trees, just going like flip 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 flip. Such a great dad. Flip, flip. As they announce the first DLC dropping, the Black Cat DLC dropping in a couple weeks. God. You should just after that after a little bit, you should get that back. Uh, I probably will. Be like for a late birthday birthday slash Christmas present. Yeah, then what am I gonna do about Red Dead? And the 1900 vinyl reissues that are coming out from Japan in the next two months. Anyway, we will recall, I mentioned I was uh, I was going uh, to brunch at the Ritz-Carlton. Yes. Like a fancy lady. Yes. You are a fancy lady in your heart. I mean, a fancy lady. Caitlin was wondering how my blue collarness would do. Yeah. You know what a blue collar guy does at the brunch buffet at the Ritz-Carlton? What does he do? He shoves a grip of Oikos yogurt cups in his bag on his way out the door. <laughs> That's what he does. <gasps> mm. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah, I did. Them fuckers are like $6 a pack. I always want to like steal stuff from man- like Mandarin, but I'm like, I- oh, I can't. Don't, don't leave no prepackaged shit on the buffet. I'm leaving with it. It's yeah. going to happen. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, I totally did not need to concern myself with <laughs> wardrobe. Right. Because some velour tracksuit pair came down at, <laughs> like an hour into it. Um. So this is my friend. This was my friend Joyce, uh, who I'm very close with. We worked together for major Canadian retailer and have stayed friends. And she had recently been in Hong Kong. We were called last week. I said she'd recently been in Hong Kong. Yeah. And was she lying to me when she said she couldn't find anything? Well, she wasn't lying to me when she said she couldn't find anything. She was lying when she said she didn't bring anything back because right. she went to um, she went back to the HMV to the Japanese parentheses female bin <laughs> and grabbed two items for me um, and also that magnet over there on the fridge. Which has my name on it oh. and some sort of Chinese characters. There's apparently a Jordan Road somewhere in Hong Kong. Very nice. No, apparently. Um, she does not know if those characters actually say something approximating Jordan because <laughs> she can't. She is Chinese but cannot read it. Um, so she grabbed me two records. One by an artist called Seiko. Okay. Which I never heard of. This record is bad. Oh. It's a bad record. Ooh. Here's the thing though, Kate. Yeah. Even bad records can be fucking awesome. Right. This record sounds like the closing credits to a ski school comedy <laughs> circa like 1986. This is a terrible synth all over the place. And it's like, you know, Brody in general will be back at ski school too. <laughs> Coming soon. To AMC West. Um, <laughs> am I going to listen to it often? No. Will I go back to it occasionally? Be just like, oh man, this is a bad record. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Uh, the other one she gave me. Was by someone named, someone, again, someone I'd never heard of, Mick, Mickey Ascara. And I. <laughs> shouts for Mickey Ascara. <laughs> I was about to say, beef if you love Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to hate on it. We can still have the windows open, so awesome. Um, I go on Discogs to see if these records even exist. Like, has anybody even logged or cataloged these records? Yes, yeah. someone cataloged both of them. Ooh. Um, and because, like, all the writing was in Japanese, the Seiko record was, like, all in English, mm. and, like, done in America, American musicians. This is, it's rare, but it happens. Um, the Miki Asakara record had, like, no English writing on it at all. I had no, no idea what happened on this. But in the details on the Discogs listing, it said, features a cover of Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Huh. And I went, oh. Oh. This is a thing that's happened in Japan frequently. There's, like, an entire, have I ever told you about the Finger Five? No. Finger Five are basically Japan's Jackson Five. Like they existed just to do Jackson Five covers in oh. Japanese. Um, it's actually pretty good. I'm surprised I don't have that record. Add that to the list. Um, 
And I'm like, oh man, if this is actually in Japanese, it's going to be f- fucking fantastic. And I got home and I put the record on and oh yeah, it's in <laughs> Japanese and it's fucking fantastic. Uh, again, another example of like, man, if I DJ, this would crush, but I don't DJ. So no one will ever know. Nope. It's just you and your collection. <laughs> just me in the Polly Pocket by myself. <laughs> just being With like, your oh man, people would lose their mind if I drop this now. <sighs> I'll go back to playing video games. Um, also has a cover of Flashdance, What a Feeling. Which is amazing. The theme to Flashdance. Flash Dance. <laughs> that was fame for some <laughs> reason. No, Iron Kara sank both. But, you know, this is from Flashdance. Derp. Um, so, yes, that, that, is, that is what she got me. Um, and then last night, I went out for Dim Sum with Leah the Brazilian. Uh, Dim Sum and Dessert. Dessert was at F- F- Fugo. Fuga. 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 Fuga something. Um, it's at Dundesson University here in Toronto. It looked amazing. And they make like little donuts and have uh, in-house made ice, specialty ice creams and stuff. And I got this thing that was like vanilla soft serve and apple cider with maple chips and just like donut yes. on top of it. And it was like amazing. And Leah met me at, because, you know, it's my birthday. I came off night, so I slept for like the morning. Birthday. Birthday. <laughs> Dragged myself out at like out of bed at like one fifteen. Immediately mad. Like the alarm went off. And I, was, like, no. I went to I went to bed being like, you have to go out. It's your birthday. It's a nice day. You have to get out of the house. Woke yeah. up at one fifteen. Like, oh <laughs> God, fuck, <laughs> fuck birthday. Um, but I went out. Went to go see the homie he said Cosmos Records. Woo. Who made the mistake of shortly after I arrived telling me uh, they were getting City Poppery up at the end of the month, and I said to myself, then you're not getting any of my money today. <laughs> Uh, whoop, whoop. It's true though. Um, is it fun, fun to hang out and, you know, just, he, he say hands me shit. I listen to it. Learn. It's usually good. Um, and then I went to Sonic Boom and, uh, cause also I am marginally flush right now. <gasps> Excuse me? <laughs> it's not the first time it's happened, friends. It's happened before. Like, listen, I cashed my royalty check and didn't have to spend any of it. Wow. I went, <laughs> I went out for dinner. I bought some records and go out for dinner tonight. Can I ask? Can I ask a question? Hmm. Uh, did you get paid on Friday? I did. Do, do you know that means that it's a three paycheck month in November? Oh, honey. Yeah, you did. Do you think I didn't know that? Do you think I didn't know four months ago that it was, that November was a <laughs> right. three pay month? So people don't know this, but if you're <laughs> poor and you work on uh, paychecks every two weeks, you are looking for those three paycheck months twice a year. Twice a year. So I, th- I think they move up. I think they move up one month. It actually, la- I remember last year was December it was, because yeah. it was like Christmas. What? Yeah, it, it actually it's weird the way it moves. It totally depends on what uh, things, but yeah, yeah, it's actually true. I think the year before actually might have been in my birthday month because I was like birthday month, <laughs> spend all the money. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the second you get that third check, you are like opening. <laughs> I am opening the calendar app on my phone, just going like, okay, when's the next when's one? When's the next one? Um, because that third check is either going to cover Christmas or go in the Japan fund. 2019 is already marked out. Yep. And also I had stat pay from, I'd worked a lot at stat pay from uh, Thanksgiving, things right. like that. So it just ended up, ended up being more, and you know, my, my folks sent me a little cash. My friends sent me a little cash. Um, so I crossed, uh, I finally got fucking Malibu by Anderson Pack. Very nice. Which I've been, I got through like, you know, it's double album. I got through like. Two of the sides and immediately went, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Even if this record, this record is always like over $40. Right. I've never seen it cheaper than like 43 bucks, which is why I always go, eh, mm-hmm. eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is fucking great. And I'm an idiot. And Tuxedo 2. Yes. Return of Tuxedo. <laughs> the second Tuxedo album, Tuxedo being a project between uh, crooner Mayor Hawthorne and Electric uh, Boogaloo. <laughs> DJ Jake One. 
uh, they just decided, let's start a project where we do like 80s California tinged uh, boogie, like cameo and fucking... Fucks with the tux. Fucks with the tux. Uh, and then as we left Sonic Boom, uh, Leah handed me a 45. She said, happy birthday. <laughs> Caitlin, read for the people what this 45 is. This is uh, Orange Juice Jones, The Rain. So friends, <laughs> if you don't know The Rain by Orange Juice Jones, oh my God, what is awesome was... I think Leah got a bunch of 45s given to her by somebody and right. she was like sending me fi- like photos of it mm-hmm. and she sent me a photo of the B side. Right. So all I saw was Orange Juice Jones. This was months ago. All I saw was Orange Juice Jones. I was like, oh my God, if you got it, if that, if that was the rain, I'd be like yelling <laughs> for you to give it to me. It was the rain though. Amazing. And she kept it for like five months and gave it to me for my birthday. Leah, you're very sweet. Leah, you are very sweet. Uh, the rain is like a spurned lover song. And the video is amazing. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's him in like a trench coat? like Yeah. I saw you and him walking in yeah, the rain. It's like a weird video. And the last three minutes are him talking to the woman. Yeah. And didn't... Like, did you have a good day, baby? Uh, oh, you did. I know you had a good day because I followed you. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't expecting that, were you? And then after I followed you, I went to the bank. I took all the money out of the accounts. Canceled all the credit cards. Don't look in that closet. There's nothing there. All your stuff's in the guest room. Um, oh. I'm pretty sure Key and Peele did. No. Oh. Donald Glover on SNL. Oh, that's right. Which was my favorite sketch from his his entire episode because it was right. so fun. You had to know about this stupid fucking song <laughs> to even get what he was doing where he did the whole like end of song breakdown and had the wrong... <laughs> And I had the wrong woman or like, yeah. or like it was her brother. Like he, he botched it severely. He like ran somebody down with this guy. So I ran you down with my car. It's like, no, I'm, I'm sitting here. Like you obviously didn't. Um, so it's like, I got orange juice Jones. I cannot believe I own this. It's not Def Jam y'all. It's not Def Jam. Um, so that was my actual birthday. And then yeah, tonight Kate and I are going after we record cause we're banking two episodes, two super massive Super massive geek down hangout day. We're going to do two episodes and then we're going to go to Reels Noodle House here in Toronto. So excited. Which is uh, notable because it uh, has been selected by, I assume, what is some sort of officially recognized body. Possibly. To go into the uh, Yokohama Ramen Museum in actually Japan, which they their mess hall or their cafeteria is like looks like a night market. And so excited. It's just little stalls all set up. And you Will people go- yell at me? Uh, I don't think so. Ugh. That's just Izakaya's. But listen, we were going to go to the Izakaya where people yell at you, and I saw the article announcing this place or the write up on this place on Blog Tio, sent it to Kate, and got a very enthusiastic response via Facebook. So. I love noodles. <laughs> um, I actually was called out on Friday because I bring a lot of Asian food for lunch <laughs> and a lot of noodles, and someone went, what is with you and the noodles? And I went, oh, they are delicious. What is wrong with the noodles? I found at my local grocery store these bowls, um, just like any of the other bowls you'll see, but it's like a really hearty, substantial mm. bowl, and they're only like two bucks. Damn. And I was like, yes, please. And I, so I, I brought a couple of those for lunch. It was good times. Uh, Kate, yeah. why are we recording two episodes this week? Um, we're recording two episodes this week because next week I am getting all four of my wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> talk about talk about being high. 
Oh man, and they are not this putting kid's me all to sleep. Doped up on T threes for the best part of a week. <laughs> um, they're not putting me to sleep, and my doctor, my dentist slash doctor, um, who is a great dentist, um, knows I don't have any money, <laughs> so she is actually doing a course on difficult extractions. Welcome to my mouth, and asked if I wanted to participate for free. She would have someone her her teacher um, right there with her. Um, so I am an experiment. Yet again, I am a medical mystery and good times. Sidebar. Yeah. Difficult extractions. Yeah. Title of your sex date. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just, uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Say, how, how are you feeling about it? It is minor surgery. Technically. I'm, I'm very anxious about it. I'm hoping the drugs will help with that. Um, sometimes, like I said, they're not putting me to sleep and I, I had, emailed them back going oh is there a reason why you're not putting me to sleep it's because when you put people to sleep it's dangerous it's, there's, there's a, another whack of concerns there yeah. yeah so they're just going to give me lots of drugs and apparently um there's a good chance i will fall asleep anyways mm. um i don't know how long this is going to take they're gonna gas you or numb you well they're gonna numb me crazy amounts mm. and give me lots of drugs and then hopefully everything will be fine I don't know how long it's going to take, though. That's Med- what I'm not looking forward to. Medicine is weird. Yeah. If I think about medicine too much, I get... <laughs> Squeamish? It's like, so you numb my body, and then you cut into me and take stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Blah. laughs> um, I do find... See, I, I as I said to... I, So I go regularly to get cavities filled with a dentist, <laughs> um, because I didn't go to a dentist for about 10 years, and that's what happens when you do that. And they were always like, oh, are you okay? Oh, it's going to take like, uh, you know, 20 minutes. Is that all right? I was like, bitches, I've had braces. I can do anything. I can keep my mouth open for crazy amounts of time. Um, because braces, you just learn that there's going to be lots of pain in your mouth. <laughs> Good times. Lots of pain in your mouth. <laughs> also the title for sex date. God, that bit was actually shouts to Brooklyn Nine Nine's writers. That was actually a great bit. It was a great bit. Um, well, we do have some news items worth talking about mm-hmm. or worth ignoring. We probably prefer to ignore them. We would because one makes us very angry. <laughs> it's so angry. Um, did not have time to watch any of my other birthday present, which was the Return of Daredevil to Netflix. Um, although I've heard. It's very good, and from everything I can tell, it is very D'Onofrio-centric. Excellent. And I love me some crazy D'Onofrio. Who doesn't? Treating them sets like an all-you-can-eat buffet, just chewing all the scenery. Um, But in the middle of, because, you know, my sleep schedule's all jacked up, I I came back from my outing with Leah, probably passed out around like 10.30, woke up around 3 in the morning, and... Because, you know, we're all slaves to our devices. Uh, did a quick glance at Instagram and saw the news that on the heels of Iron Fist being canceled, yep. which, I mean, none of us were surprised by. We were bummed, but we um, were like... I was a little surprised because second season apparently was... It, it was so much better than first season. But we don't, you know, the, the, the stink was on Iron Fist. So, I mean, yes. we don't know how many people... How many eyeballs that thing got? Uh, one thing that did get a lot of eyeballs, as far as we could tell, yeah. was Luke Cage. Yeah. And now Luke Cage has gotten Thank the axe as well. Um, I'm Don't feel good about that one. I'm really hoping 
I'm really hoping that they're doing a Defenders or a, a you know, Heroes for Hire. Yeah, well, they retool it into a Heroes for Hire type of thing. I don't know. We also don't know what the whole fucking Disney thing has to do with this. Yes. Are they just... There could be a million things going on behind the scenes here that, like, ultimately lead to Disney trying to yank this stuff back. Or maybe this stuff's been... God, how long's it been? Three, four years since the Marvel stuff started? Yeah. Um, maybe it's just they're getting a little saggy and they don't... They're not, not generating the... The, the, the talk the and the heat and the streaming. Netflix infamously, if you don't know anything about that side of the business, and I only know it from other podcasts I listen to, but... um infamously they don't release any information no you will never know why if something is a success or not you don't know who is watching it netflix kind of cares more about the conversation than yeah than the actual what would be considered ratings like they don't care about the streaming numbers they don't release them so you never really have any idea which means maybe nobody was watching luke cage maybe everyone was watching luke cage we don't know we don't know but it's kind of sad it is kind of sad it was a uh, I don't think it's overselling it to say it was a somewhat capital I important show. Mm-hmm. It was at a black showrunner, black writers, black cast. Yep. Um, you know, set in Harlem was a very black show and celebrated that culture and that those people and gave comic book fans of color a like story of their own yeah. set in this world that they liked. And then that uh, is now gone and it left it at such a weird place really did (laughs) luke cage took over as essentially crime boss of harlem um and i want to know how he redeems himself and becomes the champion of harlem again because that in itself is a neat story and also mike holter is dope and delightful when he's on your screens so also if really what they should do if they're gonna if they're gonna do this to us we definitely need a daughters of the dragon television series like just listen mash them all together for all i care put in yeah. heroes for hire featuring daughters of the dragon and just yeah. have them all in there listen that's how you get fucking that's how you justify 13 episodes of a one-hour show <laughs> it's when you have more than two characters have them all together have half of it be luke and danny have half of it be colleen and misty um so that's sucks that's sad but i'll i will follow up with people later once i get into more daredevil to let you know if that soothes the wounds at all um, in other news, as far as streaming sites go, mm-hmm. um, I was taking a look at Amazon. I don't know why. There was a lot of good stuff on there. Um, more so than you would think. I was surprised I had forgotten some things were, um, on Amazon Prime. Um, and very importantly, Good Omens is going to be on Amazon Prime. It is. Um, and basically that's the biggest news of the year. Um, well, Amazon has low-key the biggest news of the year on, like, three different topics. Like, for you, it's that that's where Good Omens is going to be. Yeah. Um, for some, it's that the Romanovs started, uh. which is the, listen, I never saw it for Mad Men like that. Come for me. Shots fired. Thank you for reminding me what drops I should use. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> Never saw it for Mad Men like that. The whole like, oh, it's the best show on television. Never really, <laughs> never really saw it like that. I'm like, it's okay, fine. Yeah. It's set design. Mm-hmm. Makes mediocre people feel smart, but okay. I never really. Wow. I never really saw it like that. It was fine. The show was fine, but it's whole like, you know, had something huge, important to say about America and whatever. Nah, 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 whatever. Okay, all right. Uh, 
just gave people an excuse to go like, oh, man, can you believe they smoked everywhere? Can you believe pregnant people drank? Oh, my God. The, I, the 60s were weird. Uh, um, your take on it is delightful. <laughs> I say it's as someone who has watched a substantial amount of Mad Men. I watched like right. the first like four seasons. Um, and then that show was not sustainable week to week for me. Like right. I only got through four seasons because my then girlfriend loved her some HMV Canada uh, DVD Boxing Day, Boxing Week sale. Amazing. And was like scoop <laughs> everyone's talking about mad men but yeah ne- never believed the whole like never got on the hype train like to me breaking bad was better than mad men right i thought breaking bad had more interesting things to say anyway for some people it is the best show on television and it was you know meticulously show run by matthew weiner yeah some might say tyrannically show run <laughs> by matthew weiner uh matthew weiner now has a new project and it's on Amazon, the Romanovs, which is apparently is an anthology series. Basically every episode, a short story about people, white people. White, ooh, soup's white because not a lot of descendants from the Russian Romanov dynasty. You're not going to see a lot of people of color claiming their descendants from the Russian Romanov dynasty. It's basically fancy uh, dynasty. Uh, but dynasty is fancy dynasty. Oh my God. Is that still on Netflix? That might be a good trash show for me to watch. I was thinking like 80s Dynasty. Come come the winter. Yeah, no, they rebooted Dynasty. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I wasn't even talking about that one, which <laughs> looked awful, but like really looked terrible. But like, this, to me, Romanoffs has, it's like a negative interest for me. Like, <laughs> oh, please just stab me in the leg. Absolutely hasn't. Yeah, no, this is not. <laughs> I have Caitlin the Romanoffs on like the April Fool's episode. Like, it's not. <laughs> Zero appeal for Caitlin McKinnon. Uh, as you were talking about Amazon, it popped into my head that whoa, like the one, the one thing that's been like being bad about forever is how like you know Amazon wants their Game of Thrones. Yeah, and there's already talk about like you know Young Aragorn, Ooh. that whole thing. Uh, but they shelled out like a bajillion dollars for Wheel of Time. Did they? Yes. What? Wheel of Time has been bought. Yeah. Wheel of Time. It's Ooh, and I know really, I know I know some of y'all are fanatical about Wheel of Time. I know some fanatical Wheel of Time people, but to me it always struck me as kind of like it's bad. Great value Game of Thrones, like great value Lord of the Rings, like come for us cuz we are not feeling it. Um I I've never read a word of it, so um, I cannot speak to it. You know what? I I haven't either. All the descriptions I've heard of it and everyone who's tried to get me to read it hasn't worked and bl- usually someone will be like magic and i'm like yay magic i believe occasional fill-in host chris kozak is very much a fan of it right wild away some some afternoons at major canadian retailer with him breaking down the plot to me but, but here's the thing wheel of time is one of those series that many people have read when they were in high school so you have this sort of like rose-colored glasses from everything i've heard from wheel of time like i've got to double check this i know senior correspondent chris has uh read a lot of wheel of time um the character development is very i'm gonna put it this way old-fashioned which means like 80s 90s Mm -hmm. like all the women characters are the same i don't know maybe Mm -hmm. i'm totally wrong about that but just from what i remember hearing about it that's how it felt um so we'll see. I'm surprised about the Wheel of Time purchase, but cool. Um, yeah, I'm just coming across some nerd article talking about some of the uh, hurdles that producing this show might present, not the least of which is, on the good side, it's done. Yeah. No waiting for the, a certain writer to get his ass in gear. The books are finished, um, despite 
Robert Jordan dying. Yeah. The book still got finished. But it's 15 books, mm-hmm. many of which are 700 pages long. Mm-hmm. God. Y'all fantasy authors, y'all need to relax. We have world building to do. <laughs> you need to relax. World building takes a lot of time. <laughs> time in my and life. Pages. Uh, so many pages. And apparently, like, you know, 15 characters could be considered leads. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that'll be interesting. And just how much time is it going to take? You're either, like, burning plot like that last season of Game of Thrones where it's like... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it was like dragons can go the speed of light season three uh took a whole season for somebody to cross the ocean and yeah. now it's like running from the wall to king's landing <laughs> in 20 minutes um or like are you like bounce back and forth like three times yeah um so interesting i mean bezos wants this he wants his game of thrones yeah this has been scuttlebutt for a while um developing we we will see um, the other things that because of Good Omens are on, if you're interested, um, it used to only be on Star. I think that's what it was called. Star TV. Oh, maybe you're going to talk about American Gods? Uh, yeah. I, I stars. Uh... Stars. Sorry. Stars. Um, is the uh, Terry Pratchett um, uh, Discworld stuff. So the movies that they made. Uh, Hogfather is on there. That's on Amazon? Yep. I I know. I was like amazed. I was so excited. Um, And uh, I think Going Postal is on there and The Color of Magic. So if you're interested and you don't like reading, I guess, uh, (laughs) take a look. Take a look. Uh, They're pretty good. Uh, My only my only Recommendations for Amazon viewing are the uh, short series that originally started as a funnier die project called Zach Morris's Trash. <laughs> short little five minute episodes that break down the plot of a Saved by the Bell episode Which, and really highlight the god awful terrible things that, that the character of Zach Morris does. Oh, yeah. Under the guise of being like a Ferris Buellerian, yeah. you know, terrible rebel. Um, oh, and one more thing. Um, of course, their uh, preacher is on there. Yep. Oh, God. Still haven't gotten through second season yep. of that. And Legion. Oh, um, Legion's on there. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that where Legion was? I don't know. I'm pretty sure Legion was on there. <laughs> I got to double check that now, but I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it originally. Um, Legion was also AMC, right? Well, ra- Radio Magic. Well, Radio Magic tells us that Legion is apparently not on Prime Video. I don't know where I watched it. What What is on Prime Video, though? Um, oh, my God. There's two. Caitlin, there's two seasons of it. Oh, my gosh. A show called Documental, which pits 10 comedians against each other. This is from Hitoshi Matsumoto. So, I mean, Japan, I'm already in. <laughs> uh, pits 10 comedians against each other. The objective is to make each other laugh in a closed room. Each contestant brings a 1 million yen participation fee. The last person in the room without laughing wins. The winner gets 10 million yen and bragging rights as the funniest comedian. Oh, my gosh. It's basically just try not to laugh. How long is fucking... How do you make a whole two... There's like, 10 episodes of this. How do you make a season out of that? I'm oh, sorry. There's four episodes. It's a fucking hour long. How? Yo, this show is 40... Yeah, we'll get back to you well, we'll, in two weeks because yeah. we're not going to have time to record, watch any of it today. But well, that's on Amazon, too. Instead of Legion, you can watch that. You can watch that. Oh, man. May as well move into some updates then since we're just talking about shit to watch. I don't have much um, aside from continuing to play the dumb love live rhythm game um and you're in for spider-man yes and you're in for spider-man um uh, i neglected to mention mm-hmm. about the uh the dumb rhythm game when we first talked about it okay what's the one thing i don't do kate 
any of these games. What's the one thing I never do? You you don't pay for anything. <gasps> no, you did not. No, you did not. Jordan Ferguson. It was a sale. It giving was... me shit about my scratch cards. Here you are, throwing money away. It was $3. You should be ashamed. A couple rare cards and some love gems. Ashamed. <laughs> Woo! So many games in my life that I've never, never. spent any money on. Like, like I'm saying, like games that you've spent months on. This one's around for a couple, the fucking of weeks. S- the Simpsons game that I played on and off for like a year. Yep. Maybe spent a dollar once on like the golden scratchers or whatever. It's like I'm fine. Fuck, have a dollar. You know, yeah. whatever. Three forty nine. Three forty nine sale for like five. Oh my gosh. Five rare gem for a rare card and uh. <sighs> yeah. Those idols. Yeah. Just boggle the mind. Fucking character design the game. God. They just make me feel like I'm in control of my life, Kate, when I'm actually... <laughs> Not. <laughs> when I'm actually killing a song on Expert. I'm like, yes, I can I can do anything. Um, the only other thing I watched, which I tried to watch once before, and it didn't really work, mm-hmm. but maybe that's because you know, I was watching it nefariously and it was too difficult to stay up on. Right. Now it's just sitting on Netflix, so <laughs> I just jumped right back into it. Is uh, season three of Fargo. Oh, okay. Um, which is set in 2010 and features Ewan McGregor playing twins. Playing twins, yeah. And which Dave, I don't like. And David Thewlis. 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 What, what Potter guy was he? Um, the wolf guy? Yeah. Uh, Lupin. Which for me is just like the worst casting. I will fight you if you argue with me. That is Shots not. Fired! Shots fired! That is not what Lupin looked like. And... <laughs> That ain't what Lupin look like. <laughs> and I am disappointed in that casting. She is disappoint. Um, disappoint. He plays the, you know, personification of evil in this one because every season of Fargo got one. I remember this season getting chided or like less was people were less enthusiastic about this one. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, well, we know the gimmick now. Like, right. you know, we saw we saw Fargo season one. Holy shit. We saw Fargo season two. It's set in the past. Holy shit. <laughs> now this one, it's like set in 2010. And it's like, okay. Great. Um, you know, somebody gets, somebody gets in too deep, a crime goes wrong, b- bumps into the personification of evil, folksy, <laughs> folksy law enforcement yep. solves the crime. Um, that said, I do wonder in all seriousness, if showrunner Noah Hawley was actually high on angel dust for the entire writing <laughs> of this season of Fargo. Why do you ask that of... Writer. Because... Uh, what did you say? Noah Hawley? Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley. Uh, also the man behind Legion. Maybe you wonder that yourself when you watch Legion sometimes. No. Did you ever wonder if he was on Angel Dust when you watched Legion? No. I thought it was beautiful and well put together. Um, he's a hell of a showrunner. I go I go to war for the first two seasons of Fargo. Thulis is like... I know what you're going through. This happened to me when he played Ares and had a mustache in Wonder Woman. David Thewlis played Ares? Yes. Oh, no. Right? It, I don't know how Why anyone... are you going to war for Lupin if you're going to chide David Thewlis' casting decisions? <laughs> By the way, it's going to be a great new feature on the show. <laughs> <It's about laughs> We're just going to look some up. It's about as niche and stupid as this show could possibly get. <laughs> David Thewlis' casting decisions with Jordan K. Um, if you're going to go to war for one of them, I feel like him as Ares is probably more questionable than him as not Arsene Lupin. Oh, yeah. It's not Arsene Lupin. It's just Lupin. I said not Arsene Lupin. Oh, oh, not you say Arsene. Lupin, I go another direction entirely, right. as we know. Um, but just him as a character, it's like, 
so what they're trying to say, like, so who who's in this season? It's it's you McGregor playing twins, one that's a parole officer, right, and the other one is the parking lot king of Minnesota, right. And basically, what happens was there was a beef between the bro- brothers, and Emmett Stussy, they're both named Stussy, Ray mm-hmm. and Emmett. Emmett has some stamp that Ray believes is his. They don't really even get into like what happened there with the fucking stamp and why. It's some misprinted stamp that's worth a bajillion dollars. Yes. Um, Ray is involved with one of his cons. Mm-hmm. He's his girlfriend, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, a.k.a. Ramona Flowers. Right. And they decide they are going to steal this. They're going to use one of Ray's other cons, who's fresh out of prison, to steal this stamp back from Emmett. The con is just an idiot, obviously, and right. on some sort of drugs, possibly also on some of Noah Holland's <laughs> angel dust. And... Can't find where he's supposed to go. Ends up in the wrong town. Tears a page out of a phone book and finds um, the local law enforcement, you know, protagonist, her stepfather, who's right. named uh, Ennis Stussy. Oh, my He God. just goes to a random E. Stussy and glues his nose and mouth shut. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. And ransacks the house and can't find it. And then Ray and uh, his fiance, Nikki, that's the Mary Elizabeth Wednesday character, um, drop an air conditioner on top of the con's head. Fun times. Fun times. Because uh, they're also looking for money to get into a professional bridge tournament. That's that's there. Oh, my God. So. Okay. I'll just sit back for a moment. <laughs> I love bridge. But you have to have a bridge partner. And you have to have a bridge partner on the same wavelength as you. Um, I have not found this in my life yet. I probably know who it is. But unfortunately, we don't live in the same city. So it's not going to work out. But bridge is a big deal. All right. Um my grandparents got into more fights about bridge than I don't know what. Um, Why am I not surprised that this is happening right now? <laughs> I should have seen this coming. It's part of my Venn diagram of things that I love. Um, and uh, there is a book that I'm totally now going to give Jordan. And it weirdly, it, it randomly has something about bridge in it. And no, it actually God, made me please, shut up. No, it no. actually made me fall in love with this book. Um, I'm totally giving it to you. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Do you Bridge. know on more than one, <laughs> on more than one occasion in my life, friends, I don't even know if you go in that weird part of the newspaper, like after the sports section, but before the comics start, yeah, where they have like the jumble and oh my god, other I love the jumble, and there's always like a fucking like bridge problem. Yeah, what do you do if you have these cards? And like I would read those occasionally. It was like reading fucking welsh like it was just a bunch of <laughs> words together that make no fucking sense like so good. it just makes no fucking sense anyway um so that's plot one plot two is has to do with the other brother the rich brother the parking lot king of minnesota who apparently and it's really weird because at one point the nikki character just breaks down everything that's happened like right or what? How she thinks she like, well, prob- what probably happened was this, and just like breaks everything down because it's set in 2010, which is after the financial bubble burst. Yeah, and it's like, oh well, the banks were lending, so then he probably went to basically Emmett got a loan from somebody he shouldn't have, right? And had no idea that this is who he was in business with. Mm-hmm. The person he's in business with is basically the foolish character who just shows up one day and it's like, I loaned you a million dollars, keep it, it's yours. You don't even have to pay it back, but. I'm taking this office and I'm going to park a truck in one of your, uh, and he just slowly starts encroaching on Emmett's life and his right. business. Um, hanging out at his house and he's got some fucking Asian dude who like 
ballet dances in the foyer of the house and a Russian guy who wears like a full wolf head as a hat. And um, so angel dust. Angel dust. <laughs> but the other thing is like every time someone asks very reasonable questions mm-hmm. about like, hey, David Thulis, why are you in my house? <laughs> David Thulis will launch into a monologue about like some fucking Austrian archduke from like, David Thulis, why are you in my house? Did you know that in 1912, the Archduke, and at the time of World War One, there was a man. Do you know there were 32 Hitlers in the phone book? Were they all responsible for the great, the great genocide? What are you talking about? <laughs> the only good scene he's in is when the Carrie Coon character shows up, who is plays the, um, you know, the sheriff or the yeah. chief who is being her small town is being usurped by the county, so she's the chief, but not the chief because someone else is taking over who basically treats him like that. Like the one exchange she has with Thulis. <laughs> he says something about, uh, you know, about them leaving. And she's like, were we leaving? Or were we leaving then? Like she just challenges it, doesn't play his bullshit. Right. While the other men are like, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like not having it. Cause she doesn't fucking care. I'm like, yes, finally, someone speaking reason. He's also bulimic. Oh, Many scenes where he gorges on food and an episode starts with him gorging on a giant meal and then vomiting violently in a toilet. And the shot is like him spraying breast spray uh, as the camera goes into like his blackened teeth mouth. Oh, God. Why? Why are we? Oh, are they doing the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse? Uh-huh. <gasps> One character was called Golem, who was played by DJ Qualls. And what, and what does he do? Why, why is he evil? What does he do? Huh? Name some of the stuff he does. It's like a puzzle. They only do anything that or maybe like the seven deadly sins. They don't do anything that well. The wandering Jew is in it, so I mean, there's something. How, how do you top? Well, you never got through Fargo, but how do you top a rain of frogs and and aliens in the first two seasons and just have God show up? Huh. Well, okay, yep. Um, yeah. So I got two episodes left. I heard you talk to, and I was complaining to a friend at work who has seen it. That just like. I don't, Thulis, I don't know what your deal is. Like, where are you here? What are you doing? You're in a truck that looks like a fucking comm center. Like, am I ever going to explain it? Like, at least the other two, the Billy Bob Thornton and the, um, uh, the Native American guy from season two. Like, I knew what their deal was. Mm -hmm. Like, you are savage, emotionless killers, but I know who, how you fit in the world. And he was just like, do you want a spoiler? Sometimes evil is just evil. I'm like, great. That's not great. It's just going to be an agent of chaos. He's like the Joker. I'm never going to know what he's doing in that fucking truck. That's not good. That's bad storytelling. Angel dust. <laughs> also known as angel dust. Anyway, so that's, that's the, like the only thing I watched this week. Did you have anything? Um, I did actually. What did you have? Speaking of evil, <laughs> I watched, uh, justice league dark, the animated thing on Netflix. Yeah. Zatanna needs a fucking shirt. Magic. Just a shirt. She has a shirt. No, no, she just she doesn't, doesn't have corset. Pants. Well, the, no, that's fine. It's she part has of her a jacket. She doesn't wear it. She doesn't wear it the entire time. Well, that's for some reason. You want to talk about bad storytelling? Zatanna has a jacket. That's canon. Have her jacket on. Um, uh, let's see. There were some good things, some bad things. The guy who does the voice for the for um, what's his name? You know, John Constantine. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Now, let's situate this. You're just going into it. Justice League Dark is the magical Justice League. Where it's, they deal with demons and stuff. Something they tried in the New 52 was there, there was going to be a Justice League team that dealt with occult things. And it was going to be, you know, Zatanna. Which is good. Dead Man. Dead Man, which is awful. Um, John Constantine. Which is fine. 
if they had someone Swamp Thing in some versions of it, but I don't know if he's in this. He does. He shows up and it is amazing. Um, and for some reason, Batman's in this because you have to. Um, it was that part was incredible. <laughs> like having Batman in places when he's not comfortable is always amazing. <laughs> um, Dead Man was terrible just because of the way that they did his voice. Mm. Just grating. Completely grating. They had a character that was the magic house or the house of magic or the house of wonder or the house of mysteries, whatever it's called. Probably house of mysteries. Um, you got to it eventually. It has like a embodiment that is female that is just sort of grotesquely female. Like just put clothing on female characters, please. Please just try. Just try it out. Try it out. See how it works. Just be like, I'm going to do a novelty thing. I'm going to put clothing on my female characters. Kate? Yeah. I've tried putting clothing on the women. I did not find it as interesting. It's not for you. I want it for me. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. I need clothing. Everyone should have nipples out then because it's freezing because Zatanna doesn't have a jacket. This is my Hollywood fixer take. What if none of the women had clothes on? Really beef up them, them streaming views. Is that how you're punching up the, the narrative? Nobody has any clothes. Let's close. Oh, no. All the men get all the clothes. Women, they don't know how to put clothes on. <laughs> they just they can't figure it out. Was that not the plot of the, of the film? <laughs> teach these women how to put clothes on? No, no, it wasn't. Um, oh. There was a really, there were some really good scenes. Swamp Thing was amazing. They did that really, really well. Um, uh, they actually made, oh, there's a character who is, he's half demon, half man. Oh, and he rhymes everything he says. Hedrigan. Hedrigan. They actually made him cool. <laughs> like I was, that was pretty impressive, actually. Whoever figured that out did a good job. Um, so yeah, that was that was good. Uh, so there were parts of it that were good, parts of it that were really terrible. Is it worth a watch? Um, to kind of learn more about the DC universe and sort of what it can give to us. Um, yes. Um, so to see this little like rarely depicted nook and cranny uh-huh. of the dcu and definitely would get you into other things mm. right i appreciate it because i've i've watched a lot of the cartoons and i know some of the characters and they've shown up in some things um and but there were definitely they always dc a lot of the time has storytelling issues you need to work that out Work your storytelling issues out, DZ. Work your storytelling issues out. You brought up Swamp Thing, and I remembered one of my favorite moments from when Garth Ennis' run on Hellblazer mm-hmm. was it was a one-off, like, filler issue about John Constantine's, I think, 40th birthday party. Right. And he called Swamp Thing up or, like, teleported Swamp Thing in because he wanted them to make his weed plant grow. Oh, my God. You know what that's called, friends? Full circle. brought it back y'all brought it back started with weed ended with weed so that means we're gonna take a break right here yep and when we come back we're gonna talk about the things we brought each other spooky spooky stressful things spooky suspenseful things so basically our worst nightmare Yay! yay come on back Back to the show. This part of the show. No, go through it. You can do it. I can do it. Okay, this is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. We're back to format this week. 
It was just so adorable the way she just like stormed into it. <laughs> I just, you know, I kicked in the door. Sometimes you got to do that. As I know from my D&D group, kicking the door sometimes. And then, because that's where the monsters are. Sometimes you get your ass handed to you when someone dies, like me, several times because they made fun of a dragon. Don't make fun of the dragons, folks. That's just something you shouldn't do. You're like, giveth me the loot. Giveth me the loot. I actually goaded it and said, come at me, bro. And then it did and I got eaten. <laughs> Though I did what I wanted to do, which was get the dragon to come out of the snowy mist so we could take it down. Did you have to roll for come at me, bro? Uh, I actually did, and I did not win that roll. It was an intimidation check, and I did not do very well. Not very intimidating. Well, see, the problem is I did do okay, but it's a dragon. And dragons are like the Jay-Z of the D&D world. Like, they don't really care. Like, you, like you can't really touch them. Is this a bonus episode? <laughs> I'm just saying. You wanted me to continue. This is the tangent I've continued on. <laughs> this is your fault. Back in format. Back in format this week. Um, and we're going to start about the thing I brought or I gave to Jordan. Jesus Christ. There However, are there, are... there are rules. I was getting there. God, catching the vapors. She's just a... He almost had a stroke there. He was clutching at his pearls, his heart. Over 40. You can't do these things to me. Uh, The first rule being the rule of three, which is the rule that... Give the thing three chances to be what it's going to be. If it comes in parts. Yeah. So episodes, chapters, parts of a a small short film. (laughs) Or what are they called? You know, the things that aren't films, but they're not television series. They're... Oh, you know. Miniseries? Miniseries. There we go. I haven't done it for a while. You know when it doesn't apply? This week. It does not. We've given each other some movies. Movies. Uh, which you would watch in one go. Um, so we're going to move on to the second rule, which is hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing. No. That's terrible. We want to be able to give you the freshest of takes, even though the things we've watched are maybe not that fresh. Soup's old. Yeah. But soup's fresh. And soup's good, in my opinion. Um, and then finally, the third rule, which is not really a rule, is that there will be spoilers. These are spoilery things, but as mentioned just a scant 15 seconds ago, they're so old. So old. So if you've been dragging your heels on watching either of these two things, you had Ample years. time. You had, in some cases, a decade plus. Yeah. To have watched Really, this movies. is your fault. So if something gets spoiled for you, it's on you. Yeah. And if you're so averse to spoilers... That you just, you can't, oh God, you just can't possibly be no. exposed to spoilers. Your Where are fragile, my smelling salts? Your fragile baby mouth can't possibly be exposed to spoilers. You have to do what my good friend Caitlin McKinnon always politely suggests that you do. Get the fuck out. Bye. Bye. Um, for everyone else, it's my week to go first. So I'm going to talk about the thing I gave Jordan. Donnie Darko. It is probably, thank you. I think it is um, on probably many lists as one of the best independent films of all time. Yes, assholes. I haven't seen Donnie Darko. I know people are freaking out right now. It's okay. We fixed it. <laughs> wow. How? I mean, that was their horror for this week for upcoming Halloween. Was How could he not have seen it? Uh, I was actually very surprised. I was sure he was going to say yes. Um, 
but he did not. So good for me. Uh, so Donnie Darko, if you don't know, is a 2001 science fiction film written and directed by Richard Kelly, who hasn't done that much since. And no, he has nothing to do with the sequel, so stop begging him. Um, it stars <clears throat> Jake Gyllenhaal. G- Jenna Malone, Drew Barrymore, Mary McDonnell, Catherine Ross, Patrick Swayze, Noah Weil, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Air horns for Swayze. Um, <laughs> uh, the film follows the adventures and adventures lightly um, of a troubled title character as he seeks the meaning behind his doomsday-related visions. Um, it is a weird movie. It is all about mental health and time travel and how people touch each other's lives and small town America and being politically correct and fitting in and family relationships. Did I mention time travel? And it's kind of a jumble of things, but it is really well set up. And uh, sometimes we find that there are similarities between the movies or the things we bring each other without us knowing. Yeah, definitely did that this week. Yeah, there is a lot about what is real and what is not. Um, So yeah, I think I did an okay job of setting it up. Um, We'll probably get into more plot as we go. But Jordan, just initially, what did you think? I don't know. You don't know. This was bound to happen eventually. Right. I don't know. You don't know. Nope. You don't know if it was bad or good. I don't even know how to have an opinion on this movie. Because this movie, to a certain extent, has like gone beyond everything it was. Like my first exposure to this movie and basically watching it, I kind of concurred what I thought this movie was at the time, which was like Hot Topic the film. Like just like there was a segment of people, mostly because of that song. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> There's that cover of Tears for Fears song and Yes. <laughs> song about dreams where you're dying being the best you ever had type of thing. Yep. Oh the Morose Kids love that song. <laughs> they do. And the Morose Kids love this movie and just because Caitlin glossed over the one fact uh that Gyllenhaal's Donnie character is constantly having visions of some sort of horrific Frank bunny bunny character named Frank, Frank who is the one directing him. To commit crimes and <laughs> burn them all, Rafi. You gotta burn them all. <laughs> he's, he's Jake Gyllenhaal's leprechaun in in this film. Um, it's ambitious, mm-hmm. obviously. It's trying to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even like I don't know. I don't even have notes because I was just like watching it, like, huh. Um, I do have to say that the acting is fantastic in this film. Cast is great. Um. <laughs> Surprising, and that like the dialogue is very good. From what I get from my own uh, Wikipedia browsing, because this was definitely a what the fuck I just watched movie. <laughs> um, Barrymore was like the linchpin to this whole thing. Like right. she saw the script, she loved it, she wanted to get involved. She ponied up some money, and her involvement kind of snowballed everybody else getting into it. That's how mm-hmm. you get Swayze. That's how you get uh, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, like Noah Wiley and Swayze. Swayze. God, it's so awesome that he's in this movie. Um, and like I, don't, I have no notes on it because I just I don't know. The only note I have is questioning that teenagers in 1988 will be listening to Joy Division. Like, Yeah. <laughs> eight years later? Yeah. Shenanigans. Oh, uh, absolutely. Shenanigans. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk you've, about. You've actually brought me one that, that just like outright baffles me 
let's let's <laughs> it's the angel dust show was, was, he on, <laughs> was he on angel dust when he wrote this um let's talk about what was the start the what was the starting point for him for this movie it was probably when something was to do with it. time travel was it was, was it the rabbit was it the time travel so uh, the basically the plot is the rabbit is telling jake gyllenhaal donnie that the world's gonna end yeah 28 days very distinct which also funny enough period. the film was uh the film was filmed in 28 days mirrored the time yep oddly enough um and so that's like catalyst one catalyst two is when a jet engine turbine crashes through his family's house yep and they have no idea where it came from yep um nobody has any idea where it came from um and donnie being directed by visions of frank to do things he's a very insufferable child just in general he's that dude you hated in high school yeah um <laughs> i did appreciate there's one mo- there's one moment where he's clearly going manic sidebar uh, are those chairs out in that field all the time does it ever rain in this town because i don't know those be musty af like there's there's pro- hey it's probably like those that couch from that <laughs> the, what is it called the german film the dark or the show with the dark remember there was like couches, <laughs> couches and chairs and don't be sitting on random field furniture it's moldy it's mold that's how you get black mold um he's clearly being manic and the girlfriend is like are you okay because he's clearly yeah going off the rails um and when frank finally takes his mask off when they're watching evil dead which was a nice touch i thought mm-hmm. um he's <laughs> His eye is missing, and he's also the kid from Independence Day. Yep. Uh, yes, he is. And you know, trying to prevent prevent the ending of the world. That's why he's got to do all this stuff. He floods the school. Yep. Um, he he floods the school. He apparently inspired an act inspired by a short story, a Graham Greene short story that they read in English class. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Patrick Swayze plays a like what's essentially a motivational speaker, like a Joel Osteen, Tony Robbins type. Yeah. Um hosting a talent show of some sort. Yep. Um Jake Gyllenhaal burns his house down under Frank's direction, which also reveals a child porno library in the dude's basement. Yes, it does. So he gets arrested and hauled off, which means local churchy type, the Mrs. Lovejoy of mm-hmm. the town, who was supposed to take this dance crew featuring Donnie's youngest sister. To Ed McMahon's Star Search 88 <laughs> can no longer go. She has to help Swayze's character fight th- these terrible allegations. Is why. So Donnie's mom ends up taking, flying there and back on a red eye. And long story short, hooray! Donnie prevents the apocalypse by creating a time vortex that shoots the jet engine turbine that comes off the plane his mom's on into a vortex. Yes. Back into time and crashes and kills him. Yes. Which makes everything okay. We think. I guess. We don't know. Apparently, there's a director's cut that like is way more handholdy. Oh. Than this is. It's got like know. an extra twenty minutes. Apparently. I, I like that it's not handholdy. Uh, like a lot of people did. A lot I like of people, that I don't know. The only criticisms of the director's cut apparently were that it was too. It took away a lot of that ambiguity. Like, right. The Donnie also finds this. There's a crazy cat lady who lives in town. She doesn't have any cats, but I mean, for if you want to know how she's depicted, that's the easiest way. Hello, Joe. <laughs> um, She's always standing in the middle of the street checking her mailbox. Yeah. Um, she apparently wrote a – she was a former science teacher at Donnie's High School and wrote, wrote a philosophy book, Philosophy of Time, time Travel, travel. Um, outlines a lot of the stuff that is happening to Donnie, these weird 
vortexes. Coming off of people. When, when did this come out? God. Oh, right. It came out before 9-11, right? Because I remember it, reading it that, came, that that was part of the... Uh, it, no, it came out... Like just, oh, just after, because the problem was that it had you know planes crashing into things, and it was yeah. like nope, so yeah. it didn't get a theatrical release because it, of that. It did, but they weren't going to, mm. and it was very widespread. They were going to put it straight to home video, but then it air, uh, they showed it at Sundance. Sundance, right, right, and everybody was lauding it after Sundance, so I got a small, a small release. Um, yeah, I think it's had the dubious honor of being like the most successful air quote failure. Right, yeah. Uh, in movie history. Because when, when they released it in, on video, it made like $10 million. Yeah, it like, blew up. They're like this, this is the cult movie episode because this, yeah. is, this is like the definition of a cult movie. And it's missed my generation a little bit. So I would have been in like my mid to late 20s when it came out. But right. like definitely there's like, you know, the hot topic teenager generation who like, you're listening to my chemical. Mm, I, think, I, I think it's my generation because hot topic teenager was just after me. Just after you? Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm I'm on the cusp there, but I think it was my general generation. I just remember, you know, you've started seeing the fucking Frank costumes popping up every Halloween. Yeah. For like a spate in the mid-aughts and just being like, what is happening? What is going on with this thing? <laughs> What's this evil bunny thing? Um, and this book that she wrote apparently outlines a lot of stuff that happens in the movie and like mentions about these things called the manipulated living and the manipulated dead and that's like what frank is frank is one of the manipulated dead and that's what it really explains like what frank is and how he's being used and right that the movie takes place on a pocket universe that has to fold you know fold and return that jet engine to the proper universe type of thing and that's why he's got to create this vortex to end the world so everything writes itself type of thing yeah i don't know maybe i should have got high <laughs> Maybe you would have understand it better. <laughs> it would have made more sense to me. Maybe you should have taken some angel dust. Like, could just go all out. Maybe that's the thing. Legal, <laughs> legalize it. We need something for that new for that to mean. Now it means angel dust. Um, no, you end up in a chicken coop. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. So I I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. Okay. I just watched it this morning and I still don't know. So I give it nine out of ten kick punches. <laughs> what do you? Please, wrong, no, wrong button, no. but kind of summarizes <laughs> part of my feelings watching this movie. Why? Why do you like it? Why did you give this movie to me? Um, I. You said the acting, but like above and beyond that. Um, I love stuff about time travel mm. and sci-fi, and I identified, unfortunately, with Donnie. I know you said he's insufferable, but <laughs> you know, I was, you know, one of the kids who was had already read the book, right? <laughs> um, who didn't want to be there who i mean i didn't grow up in a small town so i didn't have that kind of like loathing of my surroundings quite as much um i thought it was weird and i was a weird kid and i liked weird things um so it like just sort of fit into my interests which were weird and time travel and i loved i don't know i i thought it was just a really well-made movie i liked like I said, I like the acting, I like the dialogue. Um, you know when you just like something? It just like kind of ticks all your boxes at the time. Mm. It's like how I got really into Empire Records when I was in junior high. Like that was a terrible film. No, God, please. I hit, I hit the right button <laughs> no. this time. But at the time, it like ticked all these boxes that I liked. Um, and same with Donnie Darko. And I still, even watching it today, like I still think it has some really great qualities to it. I think you can watch it today. I think it, it actually, because of oh, it's the not, time. Yeah, it's not like date. I mean, the effects are a little meh, but I mean. But I, it ages well. 
pretty much, right? Um, and <coughs> it has some interesting, interesting stories about people. I mean, worth a watch if you've never seen it. Absolutely. Um, not weird for the sake. Like you, there's an anime I almost gave you a few weeks ago, but decided not to because it's like just getting by on weird shit. Right. Like, there's there's nothing there. There's no there there. It's just mm-hmm. being weird for weird's sake. This is not a case of that. No. This is weird, but it does actually have you know a story, a story, something to say, characters, realized characters, that sort of thing. And sorry, and I really like when uh, movies and media do this whole what is real and what is not, mm. um, and makes you question things in the film. I like that. I give it question mark. Wow, our first question mark. <laughs> I'm so proud. I hate writing a question mark. Doesn't even mean it's bad. That's not a. It's not not a recommendation. It's just a question mark. I gave it out of <laughs> out of ten kick punches. Amazing! I hope you're all taking notes about this. You've put it on your calendars. Oh, you, oh, you uh, geek down historians out there! All the scores we've given. Yep. Our first ever. Huh? All right. Great. Well. Well, that's on Amazon. Yeah. If you want if you want to check that out. Uh, moving on. This is this is a, this is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. This is a big one. This is the one we've danced around for a while and I was really saving till this time of the year because it's, you know, it's time for it's time for spooky. It's time for tense. Real tense. Real tense. And not knowing what is real speaking and what's not. Speaking of not knowing what's real <laughs> and what's not. This is Perfect Blue or Satoshi Kon's first movie. We still haven't gone through all of them. No. But this is now the third, I think. Mm-hmm. We did Tokyo Godfathers, we did Paprika. And now we're doing Perfect Blue, which was the first movie of his I ever saw. <clears throat> oh, and sorry, you also gave me the one. Oh, you got Paranoia Agent, yeah. the show. Um, oh, sorry, yes. And then you also gave me the comic, the manga, Swirls. You didn't do that. Oh, I thought you did that. Nope, that was Junji Ito. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, Junji Ito, sidebar, has a adaptation of Frankenstein out right now, apparently. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. He also has some terrifying Pokemon artwork. Google that sometimes. Happy Halloween. <laughs> um Perfect Blue, Satoshi Kon's first movie, first one of his I ever saw, and definitely in my first wave of anime fandom was like, holy shit, look at what this stuff can do. Right. What is Perfect Blue? It came out in 1997. It's an animated psychological horror film directed by Satoshi Kon and written by Sadayuki Murai. It's based on the novel Perfect Blue, Complete Metamorphosis, Apafectoburu, Kanzen Hentai, by Yoshikazu Takeuchi. The film follows Mima Kiragoe, a member of a Japanese idol group named Cham, who retires from music to pursue, pursue an acting career as she becomes the victim of stalking. She starts to lose her perception of reality and fiction. Like much of Khan's later work, such as Paprika, the film deals with the blurring of lines between fantasy and reality in contemporary Japan. I don't even know what the order of operations would be for, like, Satoshi Khan movies. Right. I don't think this suffers from, like, it's working. It's the first version of all the themes he would work repeatedly right. in his movies. But I don't... Personally, I don't know that it suffers from that. It does it in a way that's less fantastical. Right. Like, Paprika is, like, sci-fi. Absolutely. But it's not... It's fantasy sci-fi. Like, it's very fantastical. Yes. Whereas this is much more Hitchcockian... Yes. uh, ...psychological suspense. Absolutely. uh, Blurring of that. Really first starts to come to the fore when, you know, the the catalyst to that is when... uh, Fargo had this, too. But, I mean, this has got a real, like, ancient depiction of, like, the internet... Yes. In this movie? Well, I, I actually, I mean, see, the thing, the nice thing about anime is it, if you do it well, it doesn't age terribly, mm. right? It just is like 
sorry, an anime that is take taking place in the early nineties. That's all this is. Yeah. But it doesn't like having an ancient depiction of the internet, that's fine mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like it was made back then. Mm. And basically she has, you know, fans have, are yelling at her as she's like leaving the stage after her final concert. You know, it's like, I'll look for you in Mima's room or something like that. She comes to find out that there's basically a stalker has made a website called Mima's room mm-hmm. that basically is creating a fictitious version of her life. Basically, there's like a blog written as her that she is not writing. That basically is like the film is playing on the tension between like, you know, fans and idol idols. Yeah. Celebrities where she has wanted to leave this group, this, you know, stupid poppy. They would obviously have a rhythm game for me to play Absolutely. If, they were, if they were still around. Yeah. Um, she wants to leave that. And in her persona that is being written by the stalker, you know, she never wanted to leave. Like, yeah. you know, my fans are everything. I do this for my fans. You know, oh, I never should have left. That, that's what I should be doing. You know, basically what a rebuffed fan or a fan disappointed in would, her would, would want to hear. Yeah. And when she realizes that, and also that it's skewing a little too close to home at the same time, where it talks about, you know, the type of milk she buys and things like that. And like, what she said the day before. Yeah. Like word for word. Um, that's when it really starts to blur. You'll see her on set. Something is happening. Something goes awry. And then the the moment when I realized, oh, shit, we're in it now. The first time I watched this movie years ago was when it's constantly repeating that shot of her going, <gasps> Yeah. And waking up. Yeah. And where are we? What is happening? What just happened? Did that happen? Oh, so, that's so. like the last third of the movie. That's a fucking roller coaster. So, yeah. I'm going to just get out of the way now and be like, Kate, first swing it back. The movie that made this dude has received some criticism at the time for being, you know, anime had the, you know, sex and violence stigma at the time. Mm-hmm. This movie at the time took a hit for that. There is some... There's sexual violence. Yeah. There's violence. There's gory violence in general to a degree that his other movies don't really have. This is the only time he really kind of went that far with that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But for I don't know. I still think the paprika like flesh scene. Flesh scene. Remember when he's like in her flesh? Oh, right, That's right, right. That's so blah. <laughs> but anyway, first at bat for Mr. Khan. How did this go for you? Um, great. Um. He gets like three points for the gory violence and a minus two for the sexual violence. Um, sexual. Uh, I am the sexual almost... violence is the sexual violence is something I actually give Kate a warning. The yes. first time I've ever given her a warning about anything Which when she I appreciated. left. Because there is a scene she's playing a you know, minor character on a detective drama. Yeah, and there is a problem. Okay, this sounds really stupid. Not a problem with the. There are lots of actresses who in movies have to portray a scene where they're being sexually violated, raped, whatever. But the character, she is a stripper and she gets attacked by a group of men. Yes. That would never happen. (laughs) There are so many bouncers in that place that that would not happen. The place has like one bouncer. Yeah, which would not be a thing. So I was sort of frustrated by that. The scene is basically where like, yes, her character is being... Assaulted, raped by a group of patrons at a strip club. Yeah. And it's a pretty disturbing scene. It's a very disturbing scene. Because it juxtaposes the mundane with the whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Graphic. And she has like a breakdown like 
right after that. Yeah. Um, and then I have a, a, a point. Again, she gets a, attacked later on uh, and by the stalker. Um, and he, at one point, like, rips her shirt open. No woman does not wear a bra. Especially, like, in the 80s. Like, or in the early 90s. Like, there, she's not not wearing... Like, I, there's no reason for her to not be wearing a bra. Anyways. So, which is weird. I know those are weird nip... Like, I'd rather be like, he doesn't rip her shirt open at all. But I'm like, ah, it's part of the, the story. It's all about sexuality and sexual violence and being forced to do things that you don't want to do. But also being portrayed as being dirty if you do those things mm. like there's okay first of all this he he's kind of genius huh like shitoshi khan yeah i just said so like that's why more is death to this day yeah like he he's wrapped so many conversations into this movie so he's wrapped uh how women are portrayed in the media um he's wrapped idol culture which so idol culture back then, it, this movie is now more significant mm. today, I think, um, because there's so many, you know, as a, as an idol, you're not allowed to like have a boyfriend or be sexualized really yeah. or, or like want to have sex or a sexual relationship or be sexy. You just, you're sort of in this weird fluctuating realm of like teenagehood where you're like innocent but not like it's a weird Japan's weird. Um, and so is South Korea. Um, he talks about, uh, people having access to your life. Right. And that's more relevant now because now everyone's given access to their life. Yeah. Everyone's being watched all the time. Um, he rap raps like what it's like to become a star. Right, what things you you maybe do that do, you don't want to do, mm. but you are pressured for various reasons to do. I think actually one of the most disturbing scenes, besides like the rape, yes, definitely, is actually the photographer mm. who takes all that. Eventually, gets her to pose naked for this photo shoot. Yeah. That was really disturbing because it starts off as like a normal photo shoot, and one of the her old pop star members. Again, they're fluctuating between scenes, says um, he's known for getting women to take their clothes off, mm. right? And I wonder if that's going to happen to her. And it does. Um, so that's an amazing conversation. So, yeah, all of that, the first two-thirds, or first, I'd say first half, like, there's uh, so many things going on there. And then there's this conversation about identity and what you want to be versus what other people want you to be versus what a psychopath wants you to be. <laughs> right. Um, and then like, there's a great scene where there's a couple of them where like she's doing one thing and literally the, the camera just pans around and this, all of a sudden the scene has changed. Mm. Um, the scene where she's stabbing with the screwdriver and then she wakes up and you're like, what the hell like did that happen did that not happen there's a scene where something's going on and you i think the first time it happens where there's a jolt is when she's walking down the street and a guy approaches her and asks her if she's being represented by a modeling agency right, right, right. and you're like you think you're right, totally set it up like right. that it's set up in real like it's set up in her real day-to-day -day, but then they turn 
the the scene. Like they turn it, and yeah. then you realize it's on you camera. See, you see the crew, and they do this a number of different times. The final time when it's like really, really jolting is when she wakes up in her her room, but then she finds out it's not her room. Yes, that is like the the that's what it's sort of like building to. Mm. Um, yeah, and you know someone's evil when they kill fish. I'm just gonna say that right there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's just like so much to talk about this. I could literally talk about this film for ages. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, always like feel weird with the sexual assault thing. It ain't, it ain't great. Uh, and I there's mean, more of it than I remember there being. I did yeah. the rewatch and was like, oh, 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 oh he's, oh, wow. Dude. He's really rapey. The stalker guy's really rapey at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, um, this is also the movie where it's apocryphal, but, um, is it true? Is it not true? What was in what order did it happen? But there is like a shot for shot thing in like it's either Black Swan or Rick Room for a Dream. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Aronofsky was a fan of Khan, right. um, and the rumor was that he bought the rights to Perfect Blue so he could use the scene where she screams in the bathtub, or right. he just happened to do the exact same right. scene shot for shot yeah. a few years later and bought the rights so he couldn't risk getting sued after the fact. Right, but like. Khan is a director. Khan is an editor. I've mentioned it when we talked about Paprika. There's like an amazing video that talks about just his editing and how mm-hmm. he uses like layers and things like that. And the guy was a genius. And I get sad every time we bring up one of his yeah. movies because I know he's no longer with us and we're not going to get anymore. Um, yeah, definitely. When you talk about what it has to say about like celebrity, it's for me, it's the moment, the moment that just wallops me, wallops me with that is when she has come home after after filming this very you know traumatic scene and, and she's she been just, she's been very agreeable the whole time like yeah. when they do cut she's basically lying there with this guy on top of her and this is where it was like so jolting for me at the moment where he like apologizes he's yeah. like i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> she's like no it's fine you know it's, it's it's great action and she starts screaming in terror again yeah and then she gets home and has really started to think about what her day entailed and she like destroys her apartment and like yeah starts screaming about of course i didn't want to do it but i can't i can't let everyone down who's worked so hard for me type of thing yeah um, and that's, if you spend any time listening to idols or being a fan of idols, it's always about the team. Yeah. It's always thankful to the team and everybody else who's working so hard mm-hmm. to make this happen for them, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just thinking of like, so even at the very beginning, they, it actually does something amazing. It really makes her a real person. Um, and she's okay with this change in her she wants to move away from this pop idol thing. Mm. She doesn't want it anymore. Um, in most of the scenes where, you know, her pop idol group is actually doing really well now. They're in the, like, top 100. She's actually very happy for them. Yeah. There may be, like, a small, tiny bit of, like, did I do the right thing? But really, she actually wants to become an actress. She wants to move away from it. Um, she she is her own person. And they do a really good job of, like, her apartment is very lived in there's Mm. just like these tiny details so there's like um the dirty dishes (laughs) along the sink there's like a a clip and it's got like a playstation just like at the bottom there Mm. there's you know random posts they don't go into detail they they're not for the story they're for the character building Mm. and that's really nice having her be like an actualized character and she doesn't really falter from being an actualized character she has She's going through some a really tough time. There's that trauma of doing that scene and having that breakdown. Um, there is even when the bad guy, 
Iki? No. Is that it? The woman? Is it the actual bad guy? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Riku? Re- Riku? Riku? Yeah, Rika, Rika, something like that. Um, when she's saying that she doesn't want her, she's not the real one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that she she doesn't want to do that things those things, and she's like, I do, and I am, I am me, I know that. I really like that. Um, even though they're having this like shared hallucination, um, she doesn't actually lose sight of really who she truly is, and that she's a real person. So I like I like that. Um, so there's just like so many things about this film I could talk about. Even if you're violently mentally ill, would you be that focused on maintaining your illusion that you would stab yourself in the gut with a <laughs> piece of jagged glass? Um, as you reach for the wig necessary to maintain your delusion? I don't know. I always thought that was. Well, she's pretty lost. She's pretty lost in it, right? Okay. Like she's, she just murdered a bunch of people. So there's that. She had a busy couple weeks. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, I, and this is the thing. I know he, he murders a couple people and then she murders a couple. She uses him for many of the murders and then she right. murders him and her, the agent. The I agent. Think. Yeah. Um, and that, like, that second murder, see, well, we know I don't like sexual violence, but I sure do love gruesome violence. That was gruesome. Um, the ice pick or the hammer in the side the, of the head? The ice pick. Like. She stabbed him in the dick, too. Oh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> in the eyeball and just, like, sh- full on showing, like, these stabs. And that was crazy. But fun. <laughs> Crazy but fun. Crazy but fun. The works of Satoshi. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. What's it get? Uh, it is getting a nine and a half out of ten. God damn, that's definitely on the higher. <laughs> the one for the record books, y'all. It's a question yeah. mark and a nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. uh, though, um, I definitely there was a, t- a portion of time when um, senior correspondent was like, why does all anime sound like someone's getting raped? And I was like, oh, no, no, someone is. No, this is actually, this actually, is actually that That's actually what's happening. He's like. Oh, I see. Definitely a moment when I first had this movie where a friend of mine and myself were like trying to like espouse the virtues of anime to his girlfriend. I was like, this is really mature. It's like a Hitchcock movie, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to the rape but not scene. Yeah. And the look on her face. (laughs) I was like, "Mm." hmm. It's like. Milk was a bad choice. It's like when someone was like, you should really watch um, anime. Um, You should watch Ninja Scrolls. Oh, so you have seen Ninja Scroll? Yes, yes, I have. And I was like, oh. That's a, that's a fun first five minutes of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Her vagina's poison, though. It killed the dude. Right? That's great. It's the stupidest thing she's I've got, ever heard of my life. the poison vagina. Life. Anyways. I just watched one of his earlier movies for no reason a couple weekends ago. Ooh, that was rough. Mm-hmm. Just made me feel gross. Good. 80s adult anime was mm. Mm-mm. don't don't revisit it friends even nope. if you're an old if you're an old watch weeb and you have fond memories don't go back don't go back don't ever go back if you made the mistake of going back you can let us know on any of our socials which we neglect to mention at the top of the show but i mean nah. Nah. who cares about socials anymore if you're on if you're on any of them if you search geek down that's where we live yeah we'll be there usually twitter, Get up off twitter. We, we, also, we also have a facebook we do it's at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Whatever. He said it with such disdain. Whatever. Um, we also have a Gmail account, geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yep. You can give us suggestions. You can let us know what you thought of any of the things we talked about. You can um, tell me important news about any of my posse. It's all important stuff. There's so many of them. So many. <laughs> she, she doesn't have time to keep track of all of them. Also, if um, 
uh, oh, what's that vinyl pop thing that I was talking about last week? Like your Janeway? Yeah. But what are they called? Funko Pop? Funko. There we go. Um, if Funko Pop, if you want to get back to me anytime now about Janeway, that'd be great. If you want to send me a free Janeway, I'll give you my address. Just contact me on any of the socials. If you want to help contribute to this endeavor so that maybe Caitlin can just show up to Funko, throw a bag of money at Funko and say, make this happen. <laughs> you can go to our Patreon campaign, <laughs> patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Many tiers there for you to offer support for this show or go to Ko-Fi, Kofi Coffee. Coffee? ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Three bucks. Once, twice. Once and never. Once every once in a while. Control given back to you. Isn't that nice? Don't you love that? Yeah. Isn't that great? It's really good. It's like this show. This show's great. Yeah. You can fast forward it if you like. That's why we're going to record another one right now. Yeah. High five. That was a good high five. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening, friends, as you do this in every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we will see you next week. I always forget this part. Listen. We'll have you hear us next week. Like, there's no real good way to do it. Oh, God, the <laughs> mic got it. Good. Good. That'll Jesus be our... Jesus Christ. <laughs>